0: Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, Chapter 11. Look at the stage we got here. Jesus had fed the hungry. He had calmed both nature and the fear of men. He had, as no other man, uh, taught uh, words and the people, uh, those words. He healed all manner of sickness and healed all kinds of infirmities. He had even cast out evil spirits. And the ultimate, he even had raised the dead. And yet still for many, this was not enough. And despite all that Christ has done, both in his earthly ministry, as well as for us personally since that day, many of us, well, we continue to seek for more also, just like these guys. Thus, we're apt to treat our living savior as a carnival magician or some sort of genie. It seems man left to himself. Well, he just doesn't want to believe. He wants to live like he wants. He wants to live to do his own thing. Man wants no Lord over him, and certainly not one who demands all he is and all that he has. Man's heart is quite naturally hard, and he is very obstinate in his unbelief. Jesus would give yet one more sign to put it all to rest. He said it would be the, quote, sign of Jonah, end quote that he would be three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. What he was referring to here is the fact that he would be dead for three days and, like Jonah, he would rise again. And he seems to be saying quite clearly that if that would not convince a man, well, nothing would and nothing will. Verse 31 says the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and will condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear wisdom of Solomon. And behold, one greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up in the judgment with this generation and will condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, one greater than Jonah is here. The point Jesus was making here was that there were those who had heard and had repented. He lists the queen of the south. That comes from Solomon's day. And he also listed the famously wicked population of Nineveh. They heard and they responded to God's grace. And these he lists were in far less blessed position than the nation of Israel. For the nation of Israel possessed God's law and they they had the prophets. And let's face it, the guilt is the same for us. We live in a nation that at least was founded on the principles of Christianity. It's not like we are uh, unwitting and unknowing about these things. I mean, Bibles are plentiful. I mean, there's a Christian radio uh, in nearly every community. Uh, churches are on every other corner. Truly, we are without excuse when it comes to the things of God. We can even stand in the grace of Christ's redemptive work and yet still fail to truly bend the knee. And by the way, please note here that Jesus, well, when he presented this, he understood the story of Jonah as a fact, a, a real historical event. Yet so many of us who call ourselves Christians today do not accept this story in that way. So I wonder where that leaves us. Verse 33. No one, when he has little lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is also full of light. But when it is evil, your body also is full of darkness. Now again, Jesus deals with the individual outward life that's manifesting his or her faith. He addresses the... Well, let's call him the secret Christian. But he's really only there to tell them that there, in reality, is no such thing. Jesus uses some common sense examples to highlight the fact that if we are indeed born again, we don't try to hide that fact. But rather, in reality, we do just the opposite. His example is based on the ancient idea that light would enter the body through the eyes. So his point was, if our eyes are good, then much light will be able to enter our lives. So the question must be asked, how are your eyes? The good eye is one that has pure motives and sees only Christ and its purposes. Jesus uses the single eye, quote unquote, to denote Singleness of purpose as well as singleness of focus. One vision, one goal. The book of James, speaking on this subject, says, A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. We must acknowledge that though Christ and through Christ, excuse me, there is only one light. Do we see that light? What is our focus today? Where is our heart today? Where is our treasure today? Because if our eyes are blind, then the point being here, our whole body is blind also. There cannot be two ways. Note that the issue here is not what you are seeing. Certainly that indeed may be an issue also, but it is speaking rather of the health and the focus of the eye itself. So, If my eye sees the light, then I too will be full of light. But if it does not, then there will be only darkness. We often think that the issue and the danger, well, is somewhere out there in that nebulous area. But you know what? In truth, it is in here, inside us. Verse 35, therefore... See whether the light that is in you or see whether the light that is in you isn't darkness. If therefore your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly full of light as when the lamp with its bright shining gives you light. Many people, both in his day and in ours, believe themselves to be in possession of great light. So, Jesus here is tactfully suggesting rather that what they have is perhaps, in fact, darkness. So, offering a method of self-evaluation, Jesus is stating that a good eye and an enlightened soul will manifest itself in every part of our life. If we have the light, we will be full of light, the kind that overflows to those around us and will easily be noticed in a world of darkness, even even without a word from us as to the witness of our faith. That kind of light is open to the world around us. It's no secret to us or to anyone that we might have contact with. John eight twelve says, again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.